0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back, your uh, auto rescue team, here to rescue you from unfair and deceptive trade practices by car dealers. Been doing this for about 20 years, and... Uh, every year, I think, uh, maybe next year is going to be the day or the year that will we finally get things under control. We're gonna, I, Again, I think we're getting close. We're we're uh, hopeful that the Federal Trade Commission's recent ruling uh, will help uh, even the playing field for the buyer and the seller, so to speak. Uh, right now, the car dealers are holding most of the cards, and you, you go in to buy a new car, or a used car for that matter, and you're pretty much at the at their mercy. So this show is to help you deal with that. Maintaining and repairing your car is not a whole lot safer. And uh, we have an uh, uh, expert in the studio. If you're new to the show, his name is Rick Kearney. He's been with us for many years doing the show. Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and I've been doing this for 20. Rick's been here for at least 10, I think. And uh, he's been in the business about 20, 20, almost 25 years. So he's, he's, he's right. How many? 28 years now. Wow. Boy, time flies when you're having a good time. (laughs) Who's counting? And uh, I don't just mean he's been doing the same thing for all these years. Um, He's evolved. Uh, He is uh, gone with the fantastic technological explosion that we find ourselves immersed in today. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, You wake up and everything you've been doing yesterday is obsolete. Uh, Artificial intelligence is like warp speed uh, for learning. And if you don't stay on top of things, uh, you get way behind. Then you can get in trouble, especially with an automobile, both buying and repairing and maintaining so if you have a relatively new car, I mean, you bought it in the past five or ten years. Uh, if you have a relatively new car, they're very, very complex. It's a, almost like a computer on wheels. So if you have a problem and uh, you're afraid to take it into a car dealer, and you're, that means you're a very smart person, or for that matter, sometimes with the independent repair shops, it's it's kind of an adventure because, again, you it's like going into a poker game. And when you look around and sit down at a poker table and you look around and you wonder who the sucker is, that means you're the sucker. So uh, you're playing their game. You go into a repair shop and they tell you you have a squeak rattle or roll that needs $1,000 to repair. It may or may not be true. So you need to find out for sure. If you have doubts, call Rick Kearney right here on this show at 877-960-9960. And if you're driving and you can't write the number down, I understand. If you can write the number down, please write it down because you might not have a question now. But we're going to be on for two hours. We're on from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you can write the number down, 877-960-9960. Call up and... uh, Hey Rick, this is uh my my car is making a funny noise. It sounds like this, or I I smell something. I don't know what it is. I start it up in the morning and uh, I get this vibration. Describe exactly what you see, smell, and hear, and Rick might be able to save you a lot of money. And he might say, There's nothing to worry about, just do this. Uh, you'll see. So 877-960-9960 for a free diagnosis on your rolling computer. Uh, which is what you had today. Uh, I said earlier about staying on top of things. Every time I turn around, I wonder where Rick is. He's in. He's on either online learning or he's uh, going to the, another school somewhere. Uh, the technology is moving so fast now. We're getting to electric vehicles. Uh, uh, hybrids was a real learning experience. Uh, so uh, uh, we're getting into a, a lot of a lot of things now that you really uh, you, you either have to be. Uh, on top of it, or you have to have somebody you can trust. And it's hard to find someone you can trust. We also have a text number. A lot of people prefer the texting. I do. Um, And the text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And uh, the nice thing about the text is uh, my son, Stu, who's run a little late this morning, he'll be in the studio in a couple of minutes, but uh, he's got his phone with him, and the text will be on his phone, and we will accumulate those texts. We'll try to get to them as quickly as possible, but if we miss a few, like I said, we've got two hours, so usually by the end of the show, we can answer all the texts. One really cool number that uh, I love to get use out of, because it, it, you can say whatever you want to say. It's an anonymous feedback line. It's uh, a company called Incognito. Uh, that's the name of the company. And they do this for a lot of blue chip companies, Adobe. Uh, uh, Google, a lot of companies use this, and they get anonymous feedback from their employees and their customers. I mean, let's face it. It's like calling the, a police hotline. You you can remain anonymous. People are sometimes afraid to report a crime or talk about somebody that might go after them. You know, they don't, they, they don't need that hassle. So if you want to use our secret line, that anonymous feedback, you go to this URL on the web. YourAnonymousFeedback.com, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, Feedback.com, YourAnonymousFeedback.com. Tell it like it is, and if you have something, if you've got a gripe about me or Rick or Nancy or Stu, uh, let's hear it. If you have some constructive criticism, we'd love to hear that. And if you, if you have some things you want to say about some other uh, people that you're dealing with, you know what I'm talking about. Privacy is a big thing today. And it seems like privacy has really invited all of our lives, invaded all of our lives. So youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, the uh, interesting thing that uh, we have really, really a lot of hope about is the Federal Trade Commission's regulations. Uh, C-A-R-S is the name of the regulation. It stands for Combating Auto Retail Scams. Combating Auto Retail Scams. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, Google it. Very exciting. It uh, goes into effect, hopefully, July 30th. Now, it's been postponed. And uh, I wrote a blog about uh, this because I was disappointed at first when I found out the Federal Trade Commission had postponed the... Initiation of combating auto retail scams, and I found out it wasn't the auto, the Federal Trade Commission that that put a stop to it. It was the federal court in Texas, as a result of the actions of the of the Texas Automobile Dealers Association and the National. Automobile legislation. They they protested the regulation and the judge agreed to postpone. So the Federal Trade Commission wanted to go ahead. I was worried that they'd backed off. And I called the Federal Trade Commission and I talked to my contact up there, an attorney I deal with. And she assured me that they wanted to go ahead. But the the judge said you have to put it on hold until I have a chance to review the complaint by the federal, by the uh, uh, the uh, Texas Automobile Association and the National Automobile Association. So that's good news, and uh, we keep our fingers crossed. Um, I want to introduce uh, my sidekick here, my partner, my wife, uh, Nancy Stewart. She's been with us, uh, been with me for, for 20 years on this show, and uh, she is a female advocate. Uh, she has uh, started out 20 years ago. This was a old boys club. We were a little radio station, on CV radio, half-hour show. The only people that ever call the show are the guys. Now, I, love the, I like the guys to call the show. I mean, you know, guys, you know, they like cars, and they're fun to talk to. But half the buyers out there are women. So finally, Nancy has got the women going and calling. We have about a 50-50 thanks to her efforts. And uh, you'll hear a little bit about how she did that. I'm going to introduce her now. She'll tell you about a very special offer. That she makes you ladies out there. If you haven't called the show, you want to hear this.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we appreciate your company, and uh, you make the show. So continued, uh, w- continue watching us, listening to us, and uh, every week from eight until ten o'clock, uh, as Earl said. Uh, I do have a special deal for the ladies. Uh, Ladies, do you have a car purchasing or servicing experience that you'd like to share with us? We would appreciate your call. And uh, you can win yourself $50 first two new lady callers. Give us a call at 877-960-9960. For everyone else, you can text us at 772 497-6530. Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget your anonymous feedback. You can definitely take advantage of that and send us whatever information or questions you choose. That's youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we have um, a dog of the week this morning that we're going to share with you big dog and (laughs) he is definitely not in the studio he's um, about 110 pounds (coughs) excuse me and uh, this little crazy dog is uh, his name is Lalo and you'll hear all about him later on in the show and if you want to take a look at uh, the dogs at big dog ranch And by the way, it is the largest no-kill shelter. Uh, You can go to www.bdrr.org. That is Big Dog Ranch Rescue. You can take a look at all the dogs that they have uh, for adoption, and uh, you can kind of take a look around at what they have out there. And it is an amazing place. The dogs just love it out there. Again, that number, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. 960 9960 So uh, give us a call. And uh, ladies, again, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, Earl's column this week, uh, can he's c- continuing uh, to pay attention to the FTC regulation. And uh, you can uh, read his column at Earl On Cars. That's Combating auto retail scams very interesting and he sort of lays out the plan uh that uh, we're trying to achieve you know by uh regulating uh this uh things that are going on when you uh, purchase a car 877-960-9960 now back to the recovering car dealer
0: and, and i forgot to say this when you do call, we stop what we're doing because we get sometimes carried away, particularly me. I I, I yak a lot because I, I love to talk about cars and how not to be ripped off. So if the call comes in, Nancy will get the call from the control room. She'll jump on the call. I'll be quiet. Everybody will be quiet, and we'll listen to you. There's something about a personal phone call that we like, and we have a lot of regular callers that we love to talk to. So 877 960 Nine sixty. That's 877-960-9960. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Consumer Reports. I know you think I'm on the payroll. I'm not. <laughs> they're a not-for-profit, and they don't pay me. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, but they're my favorite source of information. And every, uh, every week, uh, every month, uh, when they come out with a new magazine, they always have something about cars in there. Very interesting article in the, uh, is this the March edition? I think it is the newest edition. And uh, they, they talk about cars that are reliable and safe, uh, that have low maintenance costs, low insurance costs. And they have something very interesting this time. They, they, they talked about cars that are really fun to drive. And I said, well, that's interesting because we both know that cars that are fun to drive uh, sometimes aren't safe to drive. <laughs> we right. joke a lot about Jeeps, and Jeep is a very popular car, but uh, if, if you really want to have some fun, look at the top cars that are really fun to drive in this Consumer Reports. Um, uh, you won't see a lot of the cars we talk about and recommend, uh, but that's it, it goes to show you that people buy cars on emotion, and that's okay. I mean, if you can afford it, And you want something uh, that's a lot of fun. You know, Nancy and I I bought a Tesla, uh, a a plaid, you know, the hot rod Tesla. And there's a lot of things wrong with it. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, the fit and finish and and a lot of the uh, uh, amenities about cars that you think about normally. But it's a fun car. So we bought the car. So we do the same thing you do. But uh, Consumer Reports, cars that are really fun to drive. Uh, good to look at. I don't know if we have any uh, texts. Uh, Stu just walked in. Oh, yeah. Of course and we do. I know we have Anne Marie's text. Oh, yeah. She's a regular. And uh, we got some maybe some YouTubes over there that Rick, by the way, monitors the YouTube station. So if uh, you, he has a, an amazing cadre of uh, followers. Uh, that are very intelligent and very informative and really help us a lot with the show So if you want to talk to Rick Kearney directly just go on youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars We'll go to Stu now and he can start right. us out with we're, some text
1: We're gonna have to go to the phones because we, we have Anthony waiting <laughs> and uh, he's calling us from Port St. Lucie Good morning, Anthony and welcome to Earl on Cars what Good morning, we, how are you? We're great. What can we do for you this morning
2: I um I got a, a
3: quick question. I'm thinking about buying either a Suburban or uh, a Denali or a Jeep, uh, like the Wagoneer. I travel a lot back and forth to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we do it in a pickup truck, but I want it more comfortable for my dogs and stuff like that. What do you think is the best, you know, value out there? And I also pull like a, uh, a trailer with it that's only, you know, you know like a,
4: Tool trailer. Yeah, gosh, which I, is about three thousand pounds. There's that's that whole class of big SUVs out there. Um, don't really study them that much. Um, we were just talking about Consumer Reports, and I would I would start there um, because um, you mentioned the Denali, and then there's you know there's there's an Escalade, and there's a Toyota Sequoia, and all that. So there's a whole range from sporty to luxurious, and all that. And the price range, they're all they're all pretty pricey, um, but. Um, I don't know off the top of my head you know what's you know what's the best value uh i mean i'm driving the sequoia right now a toyota sequoia and it's a hybrid um but i'm still only getting 16 miles to the gallon <laughs> so um i don't know what the because you have to consider mileage and as well as the you know the cost um rick do you have any input there
5: um uh, i would kind of shy away from the jeeps myself yeah because it just seems like jeep as a brand has had a lot of problems with their cars so right a by in the ratings they're usually rated very low yeah for just having so many issues um
4: like gmc denali i think i see a lot of them
5: around here um gmc's generally are rated pretty good uh the chevy's of course they're basically the same vehicle just yeah different badging
0: anthony i'm 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 looking at consumer reports right now and uh, we have opinions rick is going you know he he knows cars real well uh let me tell you what consumer reports says. these are just a a shotgun the number one recommended suv by consumer reports is a, uh uh 2024 bmw x5
4: but that's too small he, he's uh, looking, well, at, the, he's looking that, at the big
0: but th- this is all of them so that just happens mm-hmm. to be a, a small one they oh. here the uh uh they have a uh a highlander hybrid mid-sized again? Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, You're yeah. looking for a Janali or a Tahoe. The,
0: yeah, they have them all. The something, big, and small, mixed together. Yeah. So, uh, go to Consumer Reports, and uh, and they they have their big, small, intermediate size, all the SUVs rent. So, uh, uh, I, I can go to big SUVs and get and get and get you the specifics, but you could do the same thing, and uh, you can you can pretty much. Uh, uh, rely on their on their recommendations.
6: If I was going to go with a, a GMC or a Suburban
3: or something like that, which dealers should I look at down here? I've I've only been here a year now, so I haven't
7: you know uh, I don't really know any.
4: Uh, Schumacher there. is a uh, um, Schumacher dealers. I believe that they have a GMC um, the GMC franchise. I would uh, start with them. G- generally, they've done pretty well. We mystery shop a lot all the dealers around here, and. um I mean, they haven't like gotten any A grades from us, but they haven't gotten any any C's or oh well, they might have gotten C's, but but they're okay. <laughs> so I'd start there, um, but go online because um, um, once you once you settle on the model that you want to get. Um, you can start the pricing, you know, step of the of your of the process, and just stay at home, use your phone, and and just go to websites and, and get and get prices, um, and just go for the lowest out the door price um, once you you know once you set on the vehicle. You don't even have to you know get up and drive around.
1: And Anthony, as uh, everyone mentioned, uh, Consumer Report, you can narrow it down, pick yourself up uh, the uh, March issue, and there you will see all the top rated SUVs. Uh, so uh, hopefully we helped you out this morning.
4: I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Thanks Anthony.
1: Calling. Give us a call. Let us thank know you. how your uh, trip went to the dealerships, uh, the uh, Internet. Uh, there's just uh, so much at your fingertips. We're going to go to uh, Dave in New Jersey. Good morning, Dave.
8: Hello. Good morning. Welcome. Um, I have a, thank you. I have a question for Rick. Okay. He's helping out in the past. So it's a 2012 Prius, 170,000 miles, and when you um when you're in park and you have your foot on the brake, it just started making a loud tapping noise. Hmm. I can play it for you real quick cuz I have it on my computer. It's Up to you.
0: Oh, That'll be great, yeah.
8: Okay. Here here we go.
5: that is most likely going to be the abs actuator I starting to have some issues.
8: That. I was scared about that.
5: Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a very expensive repair. What? Um yeah. if you're not getting any warning lights at no this point. Lights. Yeah, at, at this point um I would consider looking at trading the vehicle in before too long cuz that You're looking at probably three and a half to four, maybe five thousand dollars repair for that.
0: Well, shouldn't he confirm that somehow? I mean,
5: uh, we could you could listen to it, but I would almost guarantee that's going to be the actuator. Boy, and when it finally gets in, what's happening is the Toyota's had a problem with those actuators, they put an extended warranty on them for quite a while, but most of those now are out of warranty, even the extended. And at this point, you know, it's a 12-year-old vehicle, uh, 170,000 miles. You know, it's it's kind of reaching a point where the what's called the accumulator inside, the seals are not holding the pressure like they should. So it's constantly trying to rebuild that pressure. Um, when it finally starts leaking too much, it's going to be throwing that the warning lights on very quickly. And then you're going to, when you go to trade it in, they're going to see those lights on and they're immediately going so to drop it, the price he on it. So should trade
0: it in before the lights go on. Yeah. And maybe a appraiser that doesn't have very good ears.
5: Well, yeah. they're unlikely to be sitting in the car in gear <laughs> with their foot on the brake, and, so they're unlikely right. to hear it. You know, it's kind but, of uh, pass it on and let the next guy be aware of it. But even so, most appraisers are already going to know that that's an issue with Prius on the higher mileage ones. And... Yep. They're going they'll work with you to try what, to get a, what, what the, the best co- deal they you can. What do you think
0: the cost of the repair would be?
5: Probably about between four and five thousand dollars, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wow. it's an expensive part and it's a lot of work to replace it. Um
8: how much time do you think I have going like going that from now on? Like how long till it starts to be a problem with the lights and all?
5: Yeah, unfortunately the crystal ball is very foggy on that one. Uh, that it could be anywhere from, say, three to four weeks to three to four months, maybe a couple of years before it ever hits yeah, that point. Yeah, you
0: you should try to sell that car or trade it uh, as soon as possible. I, I think you really uh, 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 I think you got lucky. I mean, uh, because uh, to catch something like that that expensive, and Rick, I trust him a thousand percent. Uh, he's got amazing ears I I was kidding him about the knock I said maybe you know maybe uh, you had to get a double check but he's 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 sure that this is the problem yeah right. and he's heard enough of them and uh, that he that he's right so uh, before that flashes up as a warning light uh that car will devalue by th- several thousand dollars when that light comes on so I I'd, I'd, I'd sell it I would trade it uh as soon
5: as I could especially right now prices the way they are and fuel prices too hybrid cars like that one yeah they they kind of command a little bit of a premium so it's just it's just
8: that um well i, I was going to wait for the newer um, camry that comes with a hybrid which is only a few months right and also um i don't really think the car is worth even though i'm the original owner and the motor's perfect excellent maintenance the transmission, everything's perfect but the, but the car has had a lot of body work on it
5: uh, and yeah, you yeah.
8: and and that real good body work. so I really don't think the I got my money's worth out of it, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to have any trade-in value. I
5: uh, you might be surprised at what they will work with you on that, because then they'll you know they'll probably wind up sending it to auction, and when it goes to auction, some buy here, uh, the buy here pay now lot, they they'll they'll jump those pretty quick.
8: Okay, but meanwhile, like I said, right now there's. I really wanted to wait for the new Camry, so if I was going to get a new car, so I would have to wait a little. But I have another vehicle to use too, so
0: yeah, I understand. We'll
8: see what happens. Yeah, but that's a shame that it's.
4: I wow, was yeah. scared that it would be that.
5: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rick's,
4: Rick's ears, Rick's ears, don't lie. Uh, Every
5: so often, they work.
4: <laughs> yep. Well, thanks oh, no, for no, calling, Dave.
0: and let us know how it works out.
4: Sure.
8: Thank you very much, and have a good day. Bye. Thank you,
1: Dave. We're going to go to Sunny in Port Lauderdale. Good morning, Sunny. Yes, good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, yes, I am. Well, Sunny, you won yourself $50 this morning. You're the first new lady caller this morning. If you stay on the line after we're finished talking, uh, you can give Jeremy your information. And he'll pass that along to me so that I could send you that check. So what can we do for you this morning?
2: Okay. um, I bought um, an Acura. Um, I was just trying to see here. It's a TLX, okay? I really like the car. Um, So I thought, well, I'll treat myself. I sold my Camry and I bought the Acura. It had 23,000 miles on the clock, and it was about five weeks ago I bought it, and mm-hmm. I have a a vibration. Um, it's a slight vibration, and it's a little bit worse when I put the AC on. Um, so I talked to the mechanic at my nearest um, Acura dealer, and I had to leave the car there all day, and they said they put it up on...
1: Um, Up on the rack. Rack.
2: Yeah. Yes, and they said they couldn't find anything wrong with it. And hmm. I said, Well, did you take it out for a drive? And these, I, as eventually they did. Um, they took it and they said they couldn't find anything wrong with it. So I said, Well, did you try sending the AC on? Anyway, it went back and forth. And eventually they said, Oh, Yes, we realize, but it's a it's just a characteristic a normal characteristic of the car, so I said, normal, I said, I just sold a car that's fifteen years old, it never vibrated, and this car's vibrating it's it's only you know it's only four years old, three years old i guess it's it was in twenty twenty and I bought
1: it. I think Rick can um, uh, answer your hmm. question
5: um. Unfortunately, the first thing I'd be looking at is maybe a motor mount might have started to get a little weak because the, the motor mounts are, are like big metal pieces with with rubber mounted inside so that in. holds the motor so that when the engine's running, the vibrations of the engine are kind of insulated from the rest of the car. But sometimes those those mounts start to get a little weak and, and you in. can't really see anything but it lets it settle closer and they they'll transmit that vibration feeling a little bit unfortunately most of those are going to be a three-year 36,000 mile warranty item on most cars the motor mounts are yeah
4: that's crazy because i know it's not the engine and transmission but it's so integrated with you know
5: part of the (laughs) the yeah the, the problem is that most manufacturers say it's any part that is internally lubricated right, is, is by oil is under the engine, drivetrain. Yeah. But if it's not part of that, then a mount is really considered a three-year <laughs> item. Um, the problem is when, it, when you get a, a vibration like that, which you're driving the car all the time, so you're very sensitive to it, whereas the mechanics, you know, we're, we're getting in and out of cars, 10 cars, 12 cars, 20 a day maybe, and... So those vibrations that we feel in one, yours might be on one end of the spectrum that you notice it, but we we may feel that same vibration in a bunch of cars that are much much worse, and so it may be just you might want to wait for a while to see if it gets any worse, and if it does, then maybe they can narrow it down uh, to what that would be, but I I would guess that a motor mount, unfortunately, you know, like I say, they could be a little expensive to replace just as a guess item. And that's one of the things that I, myself, I shy away from. I I don't like to say, hey, maybe this is it, because I don't want you to spend your money on a guess. I want to be able to say, yes, this is definitely what's wrong, but sometimes it can be very hard to narrow it down 100%. Mm, uh, The car is certified. It's
2: pre-owned certified until 2000. 27 um does that would that if it was a motor mount would that be covered
5: uh you need to check the the paperwork on it because some some manufacturers will cover those on the cpos the certified pre-owned others that certified portion the warranty only covers again the drivetrain so that's something you would want to check the paperwork but if it does show that motor mounts are covered then i would ask them about it And it would certainly be worth a try. Yes,
2: actually, my neighbor suggested that and I said it to the technician and he said, no, we've checked, everything is fine. They, you know, they kept saying that's the characteristic of the car. And it really does vibrate because, um, you know, I've had it now five weeks and I noticed it within two or three days of driving the car. Unfortunately, not the first day, Um, but. As I said, my neighbor drove the car on 95, because I didn't want to take a 95, and he noticed it. Um, And it's not something that you could really miss.
5: Um, Now, is it something that you feel only when you're driving down the road, or is it when you're sitting still as well?
2: Yes, when I'm sitting still, I can feel it on my feet, and the whole car vibrates. It's not even well, it's a
5: whole car. Yeah, because it, it, if it's only when you're driving and at higher speeds, then it might be a tire out of balance. But it, if you're feeling it all the time like that, yeah, I, I would begin to look at the motor mounts. But like I say, unfortunately, there's usually three to four mounts, and it's hard to narrow it down. And a lot of the extended war- the warranties on those, warranty companies have been cracking down like crazy, all the manufacturers. And for the technician, if, if I replace a part and we send it back under warranty, which they, they call for those parts back, and they inspect them, and if they look at that part and they say, hey, there's nothing wrong with this part that we can see, they will kick the claim back and say, we're not gonna pay you. And then the dealership doesn't get paid for it and the mechanic doesn't get paid.
1: Sonny, did you say that, that you only feel the vibration uh, when the air conditioner is on?
2: It gets worse when the AC is running, yes, that's correct. Uh,
1: but it's all the time.
2: It's basically all the time. Sometimes it's worse than others, but it definitely seems to be a bit louder. It's kind of you can hear it when the AC is on, and you can feel it on and off most of the time. But as I say, it, you can actually hear it, the vibration, when the AC is on.
1: Well, uh, Sonny, I, I hope that uh, Rick was able to you know share put some light on uh, on the situation and uh, you'll follow uh, his I,
5: I would even have it checked by a different dealer
1: That's a great yes. idea.
2: Yes I, yes that's a great idea. I would like yeah I was thinking that because I felt like I got the run around. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah exactly um, two or three you know uh, different uh ideas from mechanics uh, I think it would be very helpful
2: Yes. Can Can I ask one more question? Certainly. Okay. When I bought the car, I have four, uh, obviously, two tyres in the front and two in the back, and they're both different from different manufacturers. Would that cause any problem? Because they're um, Goodyear on the back, which I recognized, and then a tie on the tyres on the front. I think a Hankook. Hankook is it pronounced? Yes. Um, Yes, okay, I've never heard of those. Um, would it be because I have different manufactured
5: tires? Generally not. Um, Handcook is a good company. They're, they're actually installed by the factory on a lot of cars. Uh, as long as the tires match on the same axle, in other words, two Handcooks in the front, two Goodyear's in the back is just fine. You just don't want to have like a Handcook and a Goodyear on the same axle because that can cause a car to pull one way or the other. But as long as they're on the same axle, that's fine.
2: Oh, okay. I understand. I see that. Okay, that's great. Well, that's good to know. That's uh, something Ab- that I won't worry about. Absolutely.
1: Sonny, give us a call back. Let us know uh, the problem was resolved.
2: Yes, the outcome. I'm hoping I'll be able to find out. Um, yes, and it won't
1: thinking. be too expensive. Thank yes, you, definitely. Sunny, thank you <laughs> thank so you. much for calling. Thank you very much well i appreciate it thank you you're welcome 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we're going to hear from Stu.
4: just real quick uh for anthony who had asked about the large suv i did track it down on consumer reports and we hate making commercials but hands down um the best su large suv is the toyota sequoia in every category including the overall including mileage uh reliability, so. There you go, and they're all in the same price pocket too. They're all priced well, between the sixty eight. What's the miracle score? Do you have that on your screen? It's not that great. It's, yeah. it's in the green. It's sixty-one in the light green. Every yeah. every other large SUV falls yeah. um, in those questionable, um, iffy categories. That so Sequoia is big. It's big, and uh, and and none of them get good gas mileage. So if you're thinking about no. getting gas mileage, forget, forget about, about it. it. <laughs> Even the hybrids.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to hear from Stu and Rick. They've got some. Uh, oh yeah. Just about to get to anne
4: Marie's. yeah. Um, Anne-Marie says, good morning. I've got a few questions about tires this week. Number one, can you just repair a tire if you pick up a nail in the tread of the tire? I'm quite aware that if you pick up a nail on the sidewall, well, just kiss that tire goodbye. Um, number two, the question is, can you buy one replacement tire or do you have to buy all four tires if the vehicle is either front or rear wheel drive? And number three, if you have four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, would you have to buy four new tires? Thanks. And once again, that's Amory's question. So let's start with Rick. The first question, can you just repair a tire if you get a nail in the, th- in the tread of the tire?
5: Uh, the, the rule that I was taught and that I go by is when you look at the tread of the tire, look straight down at it, the two outermost treads, the one to the inside and the one to the outside, if the nail is in that section of the tread, I will not repair it because it's too close. It's too to close th- to the sidewall. It's too dangerous because of the curvature of the right. tire inside. If it's in the groove between those two, depending on how it went in, if it went straight in, I call it safe. Okay. If it's angled towards the out towards the edge of the tire, again, no. And if it's on any of that intersection, as long as it's right. not a huge hole. I will safely so to repair summarize, that tire. basically
4: the close, if it's on the sidewall or dangerously intruding towards that area, it's not going to repair. If it's safely in that section on the
5: yeah. ground, touching the ground, then you will I'm I,
0: talking a patch and not a plug, right?
5: Right. Uh, plugs are actually not considered a safe repair anymore uh, because of the damage that it can do to the steel belts and the tire. Mm-hmm. Uh, An internal patch is the best way. And it should be done by someone who's been trained properly how to do it. Mm -hmm. Because you can damage a tire when you're trying to scuff the inside to repair it properly.
4: Messing around with it. Okay, so the second question is, can you buy just one replacement tire or do you have to buy all four tires?
5: That depends upon the condition of the matching tire on that axle. Okay. So if you're working on, say, the right front tire and your left front tire is close to brand new... Yes, you can certainly put a, a brand new tire just one. Mm-hmm. And if it's say anywhere up to about 75% to 60-75% of tread, I will still go ahead and feel comfortable just putting a new one. tire with an older tire as long as the brand and the model are matching. Okay. Because if you get unmatched tires on the same axle, you can create mm-hmm. a pull to one side or the other. Right.
4: Well, Sunny had mismatched tires too. Was she concerned with but that? But
5: hers hers are uh, on the uh, same axle. Both on the same axle. So okay. She has matching tires on each axle, so that's right. fine.
4: Uh, last question. Uh, well, Amory was distinguishing between uh, rear wheel and drive. It and front really wheel. makes no, no difference. difference there. Okay. As so, long
5: as you make sure that the tire is the correct size for its position, because there, there's some cars out there even. We were talking that about that last week. Your front tires are different size from the right. rear, so you got to make sure it's the proper size right. tire and that it matches the other right. tire on that axle.
4: The vast majority of people don't have that situation with different size. Very rare cars. anymore, yeah. very rare. Mainly high-end performance type of cars. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And
1: um, Ann Marie, uh, you can pick yourself up the February edition, and they have all kinds of information uh, about tires. And uh, if you re- have to replace them. Consumer Reports? Consumer Reports, correct. Um, if you're replacing a single flat tire and the repair shop tries to sell you four new tires, don't assume they're out to cheat you because they really advise replacing all four.
5: Well, and, and that, of course, is going to depend upon the, the tread depth of the tire remaining. And bear in mind, folks, although those run-flat tires sound like a great idea, if you get a puncture in a run-flat tire, it has to be replaced.
1: Yeah, And they talk in the Consumer Report about the uh, checking that depth thread it's very important. Yep. Okay, Stu.
4: All right. We, are, uh, we yeah. have John. We've got John. We don't John. <laughs> John's calling
1: today. us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Oh, Good morning. Good morning.
9: Uh, speak, <laughs> thank you. Um, want to first start off with, uh, well, continue with tires, but it go a different way. Uh, I have a 2003 Avalon. My daughter drives it. Uh, the tires that uh, became low on air. And as I was filling them, I started on the driver's side front, worked my way to the driver's rear, then the, then the uh, passenger side rear. Filled that one up, and as I filled it up, I started to fill the front tire passenger side. And all of a sudden, water started dripping from the, the door pillar and i know there's drain rails that collect water and they do but it, the water didn't start, it didn't start flowing until i had filled up the tires and is there and guess is there a drain uh, i don't even know what you call it i like the drain rail that would go to the 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 center pillar of the car to you know to get rid of the water that accumulates in like all the crevices and that uh, like I said, it didn't drain until I started filling the tires and I did that counterclockwise, you know, just
5: not happen pro- or anything. Probably coincidence, and maybe as t- as you were filling the tires, you're going to change how the car sits just by a little bit. Uh, but there there's several different places that are going to drain. Of course, you got the air conditioning drain. That's for the condensation that builds up on the evaporator core inside the car. If you have a sliding roof... There are drains for yep. one on each side, and some of them have drains in the back as well. Um, the other thing is there's holes in the bottom of the doors because the rain that gets on, comes down and hits the car goes past the window, and that belt molding, that's only there just to reduce the amount of water that gets in and to try to keep dirt and leaves and other debris from getting inside the door. So there are drains in the bottom of the door that... When you shifted the car a little bit, you know, as, as you fill the tire, it's going to maybe change how the car is sitting by raising it up just a little bit. And that might have caused some water that was caught in there to suddenly move and hit that drain. So that's probably what happened.
9: Okay. The uh, And then just, uh, you know, for the people who believe in nitrogen <laughs> in their tires... Which is me. I, you know, I when I filled my tires, I fill them with helium, so it's uh, get better gas mileage. <laughs> <because
0: it's cool. laughs> Your car'll float now.
9: Yeah, it'll you know, bounce down the street. You know? <laughs> <laughs> myself, it
5: saves gas it saves gas. Yeah, myself, then, I like to use hydrogen. <laughs> oh boy, because then all I have to do is uh, disconnect the valve stem, and I can run it in the engine too. <laughs> The, uh, and then,
9: well, just one last thing. Uh, for the, I'm uh, uh, getting ready, well, i tread that, I'm not getting ready yet because I still got mileage on. But uh, for those that have Teslas and um, they, they're they only getting like 20,000, 20,000 miles out of their tires, one of the recommended things was when you go to replace the tires on a Tesla because of the weight and low center of gravity. You want to go with a tire that has the LT rating, uh, and you'll get more mileage out of
1: it. John, Uh, thanks for that information.
9: So, anyways, that's
1: it for me. Give us a call again. Very interesting. Good luck with your tires. (laughs) Thanks. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-9960. 4976530. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh we are going to go to uh, boy the lines are really lit up all of a sudden. We're going to go to Frank in Jupiter Farms and spend a brief time with him. Good morning. How are you, Frank?
7: Hey, good morning. Okay, I was just I didn't know you had anyone else following that gentleman. Um Good morning. It's always great hearing your show. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, After that guy just spoke about the nitrogen in the tires, Um, you probably heard what they use nitrogen for nowadays, right?
4: Oh, my God, yes, they do. for We'll we'll leave it at that.
7: We'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too many people shook up. But I I like that idea about the um, different gases in your tires. And also the tire wear, um, it reminded me a few, I guess it was about two years ago, And Marie and I were looking for a new car for her. We looked at one of the BMW M models, which was really quick and fun to drive, not probably as much fun as your plaid, but nevertheless a fun car. And I noticed that they already had new tires. And they said, oh, yeah, the tires only last about 8,000 miles with this model. Oh, my gosh. I go, oh, well, so much for that. So we passed on that. We didn't want to go into tire business. Was Rick um,
4: saying the the Hellcats, like 4,000, 5,000 miles, the, the tires,
7: Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But um, on another item, um, when your dad was talking about consumer reports, I actually had the March issue just sitting here. I never looked at that much. I mean, my project canceled. I should read them more. But um, they were talking, yeah, about the cars. And I was looking at that, and that was interesting. So I heard that on the radio, so now I can actually read in my magazine. But here's something um, I was at a, a um, rehab center last week for my knee, or maybe earlier this week. It was this week. And um, the road shut down, of course, because the president was here. I mean, the road and the traffic, I mean, it was just horrible. But as um, he was leaving to go back to the airport, these Harley Davidson motorcycles were zooming by in almost like triple-digit speeds. And one of the guys there, he says, I drive a, drive a bike and stuff. And he said something I never knew existed. You can get an airbag for your motorcycle. Are you familiar about that?
4: Inside the helmet?
7: no 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 it's actually a jacket you wear with some sort of clip to the machine if you're thrown it it inflates very quickly wow and you go rolling down like the um like the old michelin Michelin tire who knows how we think the same way
4: i was thinking a michelin guy or a bear suit or something (laughs) like you're bouncing down the highway hey um, if it works do you become do you become a road hazard as you're bouncing down the highway like
7: he, a, he said sure, his wife wouldn't let him take his son on a motorcycle unless he had his own little airbag um, jacket. And they start at $400 and go about $800. And I go, it's true. I thought the guy was just messing with me. Well, and um, and why then, why here a we get to a, a quick thing for you guys. I don't want to take your your um, your, your gunfire away from the mystery shop. <laughs> but I did a Learn, mystery shopping report if yeah. I may give it to you.
1: Learn something new every day. Uh, yeah. Frank, you, uh, thank you for uh, calling. I have some other callers I'm going to have to get to well,
7: one, one quick one One quick one on, uh, Okay um, This is for Rick We Amory and I Went to look at a Porsche The other day um, I'm sorry ah, <laughs> no, I know I know But listen I I said You know About you guys About the extended service warranty How they were talking About the fees Where um, BMW Was like $200 or $300 Do you know What the service charge Is at a Porsche dealership
4: oh, And the shop Um it's 20% of the charge.
7: $517 per hour.
4: That's just the service. Oh. oh, I mean, that's their hourly rate.
7: Yeah, that's their hourly rate. Oh, my one, goodness.
4: One
1: more reason not to buy a Porsche.
4: No, no, we walked. That's more than my psychiatrist. <laughs>
7: <laughs> 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 okay, we'll talk to you next weekend, guys. Have a good Thanks, time. Frank. Thanks Frank. And oh. I'm
1: glad we could encourage you to open up that March uh, edition of uh, Consumer Report.
7: Yeah, no, no, I'm actually gonna read something this week. That was, yeah, I, I,
1: I a lot of information read. in there. It'll help Thanks. you out. Thanks, Frank. You'll have a good
7: one. Have Bye-bye. a great
1: weekend. We're going to go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show, John.
10: Good morning. Good morning. Not only South Florida, that's the land of auto scams and shady car dealers. <laughs> in the <laughs> Orlando News, ABC and NBC was the exposure of a, a dealer called FSD, Father, Son and Daughter, in the Orlando area. The owner was Steve Phelps, and he owes over $4 million handling, handling high end cars and hot rod cars. And he was exposed first by a man with a 56 Chevy that lost $50,000. The car disappeared, but he declared bankruptcy now. So anybody that stuck, their case is against him. And he also, on his property that he owned, he, owned, he opened a wedding a place for weddings. But they checked into that, and it's, it's under somebody else's name. But I just want to point out that that's not the first time that happened right here in Martin County in 2016. The sheriff himself of Martin County arrested Craig Danzy. That's right. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible scandal, and he went to federal prison. He had 51 grand theft charges against him. Again, handling uh, consignment cars, not paying the people. So it's really a warning to anybody, I think, that never leave your car in consignment with any dealer or anybody because when it happens, you won't even collect insurance on it.
11: Yeah. It's
10: considered a case against the person, even though you held the title and they come up with duplicate titles and other crooked paperwork. So it's a lesson to people. I say never, never leave a car with anybody. Especially a dealer.
4: Especially in Martin County.
10: <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere, and especially.
4: Unbelievable.
11: Because
10: you will, the car will disappear. They won't even know where it is, and you won't get paid, and your insurance will not declare it as a stolen car. Yeah.
11: Mm.
10: So well,
4: jo- just a John, warning. we had a, you know, just open confession. Uh, we had a situation, I remember, a long time ago, like oh. 20 years ago. Someone had abandoned their car, and it sat in a lot for a couple of years, and we made good faith attempts to, to contact him. we couldn't get it. And eventually we, uh, we just got rid of it. <laughs> and, uh, and then he appeared later and we didn't have the car and we didn't have I anything. So we had to settle it out, you know, cash wise. But we thought the guy had fallen off the face of the earth. But um, that's the, that, that can happen even with an honest dealer. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's not always a scam. Well, in
0: South Florida, we got export. And so it's easy to steal a car in yeah. South Florida and uh, put it on a boat and goes to Venezuela, and you never hear, hear from it again. So you don't worry about titles. You don't worry about paperwork. If you get a car, a stolen car on a boat going south, uh, then you just disappear off the face of the earth.
10: You'll never see it again. Yeah. Right. What the money for it. Well, thank you, guys. I just want to put the warning out about consignment, leaving cars in consignment.
1: Great information, John, as always. Yeah, thanks, John. Thank you okay, so much. Thank
10: you, guys. Thank you for being here.
1: Stay tuned for that mystery shopping report. It's a doozy. We're going to go to Trisha, and uh, Trisha is calling us from Boca. Good morning. How are you, Trish?
12: Oh, hi. Thank you. I didn't hear my name. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this is the tire hour. So, ah, <laughs> the tire
1: yeah, hour. Thanks. That's pretty good.
12: <laughs> yes. yes, the tire hour two really good questions and i want to speak to you the expert to help answer this okay okay i've had constant problems with my cars um my my honda fits i know it must be my driving i have to replace my tires way too frequently so finally i was told get your alignment which i've gotten get a more expensive tire this discount tire told me and it will last longer Well, lo and behold, I got my alignment in July. I put out the money for Michelin Defenders, more expensive tires. Guess what? It's already worn out after 10,000 miles. Yes, I do drive a lot, 2,000 miles a month. Most of my driving is street driving, stop and go, left and right, so probably wears it out. Why is this happening to me um, on, if, if it's a cheap tire, expensive tire, they wear out way too fast.
0: Describe the wear to Rick and he can tell you.
12: It's on the, uh, I was told it's an alignment issue because it was on the outside, my right front on the outside of one of them, and then on the inside of the other one. Now, I went to Honda. They said, oh, um, I said, you didn't do um, the alignment right, because that's what discount tires said. Oh, well, you know, you hit a bumper, you hit a pothole, you hit a curb, blah, blah, blah. They're going to wear out. You know, they always say that, you know, to wear out the next day. I said, well, I'm sorry, you know, these these are expensive tires. I don't care. Ten 000, They should last a lot more than 10,000 miles. Um, so, you know, um, that's my first question.
5: What type of vehicle are you driving? What, what, what what's
12: A Honda fit, fit.
5: A Fit? Okay, those yeah. aren't really big because one of the issues that I've noticed with, with uh, vans, trucks, anything that has a higher center of gravity is the right side tires will generally start wearing on that outer edge and it's normally because a, doing a lot of turning and cornering, when you're doing the left hand turn, Usually you're going quite a bit faster than doing a right-hand turn, obviously. And that makes the car lean to that outside point and it puts a lot of pressure on that outer edge of the right-side tires and wears them a lot faster. Uh, The only thing that you really can do as as a driver to try to reduce that is trying to slow down on those left-hand turns more so that the vehicle doesn't lean as much. Uh, Unfortunately, Just about any tire is going to be susceptible to that. Uh, Keeping your tire pressures up uh, to where they expect uh, the rating that's listed on the side of the tire (coughs) will help also because having a little bit too low of a pressure will actually cause that outer edge wear very quickly.
0: Trisha, as much as you drive the car a high mileage, I'd have my tires inspected once a month. I mean, typically they recommend twice a year or every 5,000 miles. But yeah. uh, you're,
5: I, would, I would try to have them rotated about every 3,000 miles, wow. and I would definitely be checking the tire pressures at least once a week to make yeah. sure that your oh, pressures are up. Okay, yeah. that's
12: my second question. I've had controversial information, you just answered it, about what pressure I should put on my tires. This is recommended for this car. I think it's about 33, 34. I was told I should put it up to 38 or 40 keep it higher. Some people say, no, 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 blah, blah, blah. So what I'm hearing from you is yes, that I should keep it higher.
5: Well, here's, here's what, what I have found is, from my experience, the, the, the way that works for me works best, at least for myself and folks who have tried it with this. You'll find two sets of numbers. One of them is going to be on the usually on the door jam of your car. When you open your left front door, and look on the body, you'll see a sticker there that tells you what the manufacturer recommends as the tire pressure. That is usually the lower number, and you'll never want to go below that. Always keep it at that level or above. Then if you look on the sidewall of the tire, you'll see another uh, recommended pressure, and that is what the tire manufacturer says is the maximum safe pressure you can run in that tire. I prefer to run what the tire recommends as that high level. So if the like with my own vehicle, it recommends thirty five pounds minimum on the for the sticker on the door jam, but my tires can hold up to fifty pounds of air. And wow. I run it closer to that fifty pounds because although I get more of a bumpier ride, it actually makes the tires wear better and I get better fuel economy. And south florida roads you know we're we're a bit bumpy anyways so i'd rather put up with that and get the better fuel economy and better tire wear
12: so are you saying then for my tire size 195 60 15 that i should put it up about 40.
0: If the number well, that's on the side of the tire, Tricia, look on, look on your tire, and it'll have a number with PSI after it. Yeah. That's, that's the pressure that the tire manufacturer recommends max. So use the max tire pressure, the PSI that's stamped on your tire. Exactly.
12: Okay. So then, okay. So now you're telling me also that maybe it's not worth it, putting you know spending twice the amount getting a better tire because they're going to wear out just as fast if I don't, you know, slow down my left hand turn. Yeah. Is that what you're also telling me? It's not gonna make a difference. Obviously it hasn't. I just told you it has. I spent a hundred dollars on tires, wear it out just as fast and my special and defenders two hundred dollars. They're still wearing out. You know, it's it's a chronic problem.
5: For yep.
0: Me. Trisha I gotta tell you, I got the same problem and I confess I'm a lousy driver. I take corners too fast. I hit curbs. Yeah. I hit potholes. I'm just not a good driver. But if you know, that's I think uh, that's the way we drive. I, you're probably a little bit like me. Uh, it's hard to slow down on the corners. That's the way I drive. So. Uh, uh, I think uh, use the high inflation, get your tires checked every month uh just and the alignments are free no don't, don't anybody charge you for alignment. They have very good alignment machines now all you got to do is drive it across the alignment machine and it'll give you an indicator. Ask to see the printout to be sure they're not trying to trick you because there should be a computer printout that shows your car, your front and Front end is in alignment, your rear end is in alignment, and then you can check to see if the pressure's right. If you do that every month, go ahead and drive the way you want to drive, but you'll get much better uh, mileage on your tires.
12: Yeah, I, I was told, when I to get an alignment, I must get the printout because they might cheat me, not even do the alignment. Yes, that's right. you get a printout. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. True,
12: yep. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. So rotate them every 3,000, not every 5,000?
0: Well, it depends I, if it needs it. In other words, you're going you're, you're gonna to get your tires checked every uh, every month for pressure, and when they get checked for pressure, uh, you're going to yeah. find out, if, and you check for alignment, you're going to find out if they need to be rotated. But uh, uh, th- they can tell you by looking at your tires and checking the alignment if you need to rotate them. But I think every 5,000 miles might be okay, but if it looks like you got some wear, they'll say you need to rotate them now. Yeah, I, yeah. I would rotate them
5: a little more often. And that way it would help reduce that wear a bit, you know, make right. them wear a little more evenly yeah. and get it, a little longer life out of them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, Tricia, it's the, it's that, P, that PSI is really very, very important. And uh, do you check your uh, pressure in your tires yourself, or do you take um, it to a dealership, or do you no, no, rely yeah. on the gas stations? My
12: lo- my, yeah, I take it to my local place, but usually... I don't check it unless I get an indicator, you know, from my sensor. I yeah. don't, you know. So, so. Well,
1: so when you take it in uh, and they check the pressure, no, no one has said to you, "Hey, listen, your tires were really low. You, you need to come in more often."
12: Mm, no. Um. No. Only low when I get that indicator. You, you know, usually the argument I get is you got it too high, you know, something like that. I should do it what's on the door, but now I'm hearing from you, you know, I can make it higher.
1: Yes, I well, think uh, yeah. with all the information that we gave you, I think it's going to be very, very helpful.
12: Yeah, I'll, Tr- I will do that. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Trish. Give us a call. Let us know how things turned out for you um, our number here is 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530 take advantage of your anonymousfeedback.com. and we as usual have a mystery shopping report coming up just about nine thirty, and uh, you'll also see Layla um, she is our dog of the week, and, and what a dog she, she is! And she, she's all oh, uh, 110, 110, 110 pounds. 110 pounds. 110
4: pounds. Is that that's larger than you? I, I'm gonna that's guess. A, do
0: you weigh 110? No, I think no, big, about the same. Big Mama's bigger than this guy.
4: We'll have I to wish she p- would come in the studio <laughs> if there's room. Rick
1: said she, he, she, she, not a good idea.
4: We're talking about a Tibetan <laughs> Mastiff, folks.
1: So you want to stay tuned for Layla. Uh, she, he is a real cute dog. We're going to go to Howard, who Lalo? has been patiently Lalo. holding. <laughs> is that Layla? Yeah. Layla. Layla. <laughs>
4: Here comes Layla. Hi,
1: Howard. Welcome. No, thanks for t- uh, thank you. Thanks for taking
6: my call. I really enjoyed that uh, conversation you had there. And uh, it was uh, never-ending, but it's okay. Uh, uh, my question is this. A friend of mine called you up, um, and he said his, uh, he has a, a Subaru legacy, and his rear, tu- rear brakes wear out much faster than front brakes. So you were, Rick told him that it shouldn't be. The front brakes uh, should last much longer. And he went to the dealer, and they said, no, just the opposite the rear brakes uh, wear out faster on, uh, on this type of vehicle because there's, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but Rick, uh, I want to know, what, what's the story? Why is deal the dealer telling you one thing and and uh, the facts are another?
5: Uh, unless you're running that vehicle in reverse all the time. That's it. There's something it's weird going you on there. You're
0: driving backwards all the time. <laughs> yeah,
5: because... Uh, Every single vehicle I have ever seen in my life with four-wheel disc brakes, when you look at the size of the pads for the front and compare them to the size of the pads for the rear, the rears are between half and two-thirds the size of the front brakes because the fronts do traditionally about 70% of the stopping power. And it's just physics is all it is because when you step on the brakes the momentum of the vehicle the weight the center of gravity is moving forwards and all that weight is being pushed onto those front brakes and the rear brakes at the rear end of the car actually rises up a little bit and this gets even more pressure on those front brakes so the front brakes need more power to stop the car that sounds almost like their metering system in their brake system for some reason is giving more pressure to the rear, and not as much to the front, which makes the rear brakes have to work harder. And I have never yet. Th- this is a new one on me because I've never seen a car that wears out the rear brakes unless there's a malfunction in the system that's keeping pressure on those brakes. Well, you've only been while doing this for 27
0: years, so I can understand that.
5: Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm. <laughs> But, yeah, that I, I guess this is my day for learning something because that is definitely a new one on me.
6: Well, that's, that's what he claims. He, he replaces the uh, rear brakes much more frequently than he does the front brakes.
5: How often and, does uh, he have to replace those?
6: Uh, I think every 20,000
5: miles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
6: there's something huh. wrong there. Yes. I think it should go to a different dealership.
5: I, I definitely think so. Something is keeping those brakes applied. And one of the questions that I would ask this person, uh, how many feet are they using when they drive down the road? Because a a, a lot of us way back in the day were taught, unless you're driving a stick shift, your left foot, they always taught you to hover your left foot over the brakes and use your left foot for the brake. And you can always recognize this sort of person on the road ahead of you because their brake lights keep coming on. But every time you're stepping on that brake just a little bit, it's (coughs) applying fluid pressure, and it's trying to apply those brakes, and it will wear them out very quickly. Uh, The average car, rear brakes normally 60, 70, 80,000 miles before they're worn out. Front brakes, depending on the car, anywhere from thirty to 50,000 miles. So... I, I would funny ask thing, that question, but I'd definitely find a different dealer.
6: Yeah, it's a funny thing you say that because my uh, rear brakes uh, are in the yellow. Uh, you know, when you give, it, you give it the chart green, yellow, red, whatever. Yep. And I have six, 60,000 miles on my car and they never replace the rear brakes. Hmm. So, what exactly does that yellow mean?
5: Uh, it's it's comparing the, the thickness of the pad. When your pads are brand new, most of them are, say, around 8 to to 9 millimeters thick in the rear. Fronts are usually around 12 to 14 millimeters. When they get down below the first third, say about 3 millimeters gone, then we start rating as yellow. In other words, you want to start keeping an eye on it. When it gets past the yellow section and into red, it's definitely time to replace them because, as odd as this sounds the thinner the pad material gets, the faster it will wear because the pads cannot uh, release the heat as well that builds up. And because they get hotter that way, they'll wear faster the thinner they get. They can't dissipate the heat. So yellow just means keep an eye on them, but it's getting close to time to replace your brakes.
6: Great information. As
5: always, thank you very much. And,
1: And Howard, that's your friend you're talking about, right?
6: My friend Delio, he called up. And he, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, the reason I ask you is because, you know, oftentimes you, uh, you know, r- really help your friends out, and i um, not sure whether you remember or not, but you can join Earl's Vigilantes, and you can go to Earl on Cars and learn all about it, but you'd be a great asset uh, to, you know, a lot of people who are looking for answers. Okay, I'll think So about think about that. that.
6: Okay, great. Do I have to change my appearance, or can you I? You have
4: to, to put you? on a fake mustache. <laughs> fake
6: mustache. Okay, very good. Okay, guys. Wonderful conversation. Thanks as usual. You're doing a great job.
1: Uh, thanks, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Have a great weekend. Okay, uh, we're going to spend some time with uh, Stu and with Rick, and uh, they've got some texts. How you from- doing?
4: <laughs> I got. A t- I have a text from uh, from Steve here, and. Uh, so uh, it's, we're back on brakes now. Uh, speaking of brakes, Rick, uh, should the emergency brake be used every time we park, regardless if it's a drum system or disc? And that's from Steve in Palm Beach Gardens.
5: Nah, you don't need it in Florida, really. Unless the, you're on a hill. The, par- the emergency brake... Like girls driveway. Which is known actually we're as worldwide. the parking brake. Hmm? Remember, we're worldwide. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you live in an area... In Nepal, you want to use your... You and you're, you're parking on a road that yeah. has a grade to it, that has on a hill or a mountain, then you'll want to use the parking brake. Mm-hmm. This is to help keep your vehicle from rolling when you're, you know, when you park the car.
4: For people who are trying to avoid having their cars towed, like people who like to illegal park or avoiding a, a repo man, does putting the parking brake on make it more difficult for the tow truck driver?
5: Absolutely, but they're still going to get your car.
4: Okay. I'm just helping, you know, we have all sorts of listeners in the audience. <laughs> it, it'll make it more difficult, but if they want it, they're right. going to get it. Okay. I always
0: put my parking brake on, Knob Hill, I always put my parking brake on.
4: Yeah. Good old San Fran. Your driveway is very steep. Um, I That's felt sick. the need to put a parking brake on when, you're, when you pull up your, I guess it flattens out once you get into your garage, but the approach is oh, a, yeah. a good yeah. 30, 30 something degrees.
5: Yeah. yeah. And of course, if you're driving a manual transmission, a stick shift, leave most people will leave the in gear. gear yeah. To keep it from rolling but the parking brake's a good idea then
4: yeah i remember It's so it's a it's a shame that all these uh the younger generations are not learning the joys of driving with a standard transmission all mm-hmm. the, i mean there's you, you could start your car if your battery's dead um, with a standard transmission yeah um you can like you said use a use your the engine actually in the transmission as a, as a brake to hold it on the hill or slow down that's really cool. Well, you can, you can
5: engine brake with an automatic transmission That's true. You gotta, just by shifting the lower that. gears there.
4: I do that all the time. Yep. My kids think it's weird, but I do it like sometimes you don't need a brake signal and alert everybody. You're just slowing down a little bit to get into a spot or something. So yeah, I downshift quite a bit. Yep. Who's talking to you over on, on YouTube, Rick?
5: Oh, we've got quite a few here. Let's go through a few of these. Uh, roll back here a little bit. Um, Cliff's picks has an interesting question here. He says, what happens if you pay for a car, new or used, and the dealer or the lot does not turn over the title in Florida? Call the police. Ah. Uh, it's illegal.
4: Yeah,
0: uh, the, uh, the, by law you have to deliver a title. What is it? Ten days? It's too short. It's too short. It- yeah, it's, uh, even we ca- occasionally miss it because the uh, bureaucracy of getting a title sometimes can bog you down. But if if I didn't get a title in 30 days, I would call the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is the same thing as calling the police.
5: Yeah. Okay. Ali Valls says, good morning. Thanks for the wonderful program. You're very welcome, and thank you. Yeah, thanks for
4: listening and watching.
5: He uh, says, why is the Toyota Sienna 2024... Still using Safety Suite 2.0 instead of 3.0?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I've always, uh, I've never understood. I mean, I understood like the introduction of brand new uh, safety features. They're expensive. And so they introduce them as a uh, more of an upgrade. Uh, but in recent years, um, Toyota and the other manufacturers, you know, but a, A big emphasis on safety which is great Toyota's system is the the safety sense and they introduced them the models but not always at the same time so I would imagine
5: the Sienna will get it but why
4: they don't have it now who the hell knows
5: Uh, I I think a lot of the times with different models they try not to upgrade all of them at the same time because it'd be pretty expensive to retool each of those models and they may save that for when they're going to do a, a bigger upgrade on the car. Would some of those which will require more redesigning?
4: Would some of that stuff be um, able to be installed, like the computer components and stuff? Like re- it doesn't matter the model, so that could go on a Camry. Uh, that computer component for a safety feature. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe they're prioritizing it for the more heavy volume vehicles. Um, Sienna is a very small volume. It
5: because yeah. It's, in order to in order to upgrade that system it's going to require quite a bit of retooling and redesign and re-engineering yeah. so if they've already got that right. all set for the one they may plan for it when they're going to redesign the entire car
4: yeah i was just thinking know, usually they, the plans for a new car is um can stretch out years and uh that new hybrid sienna came out in i think 2020. and um, we had safety since then but anyway it's always a mystery Some <laughs> sometimes Yeah,
0: sometimes we just don't know why they do exactly do what they do i got a text yeah. from
4: frank in jupiter farms it says quick question in regards to tire pressure all of our cars and pickup trucks have the ability to read tire pressure uh from the dashboard display that might be a good suggestion for the lady who called in earlier uh, what are your thoughts on that a- on that answer
5: yeah that's one of the new developments uh tire pressure systems when they first came out all it could do is turn on a, a light, light to yeah. tell you one of them is low, and it what would happen is, say you're running all four tires at 35 pounds, that light wouldn't come on until the tire had hit 26 pounds, right. which is really uh, putting a lot of wet, wow. uh, wear on that tire. Yeah. Now you see the readings. You can pull it up, and it will not only show you what those four tire pressures are, but which tire is where. Yeah.
0: Why isn't it technically feasible to build a car? that would automatically inflate your tires as needed. Yeah. I mean, all you need is an air pump, and you got the sensor, and you would never have to get your tire pressure. Yeah, the
4: the, 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 the the kinetic motion of the car could compress the air needed to put into the tire.
5: Well, they've actually had that system on a lot of military vehicles, oh. but it's rather a complicated system, and of course, you've got to be able well, to hook it's, up it's a... it's military. Yeah, but you've <laughs> got to be able to hook up a hose to the tire that is spinning. That's mm-hmm. yes, that's a trick. So that makes an interesting trick. Now you've got an, a wheel that has to have extra systems built into it to be able to hook an air hose to it mm-hmm. so that it will be able to fill well, that I didn't thing. say it
0: would be easy. I'm just saying. Yeah. Or, or, or cheap.
5: <laughs> uh, it's, it's not cheap at all. But for the same reason that we can't build cars with bulletproof glass in all of them because kind of, of the expense.
4: You know, I think we just, just go back. To, we, we need you to know? go to your original wish, which is just get, get a Mars rover tire that doesn't get flat or wear down. <laughs> you know, I like the, the idea. Those mesh ones that the metal. Com- well, composite. they've
5: actually begun working now on tires for off-road vehicles, uh, quad bikes, and the like, where it's a printed tire yeah. that has only a honeycomb. Form
4: it compresses and no air whatsoever, right, but it compresses like a exactly. just like a real tire, and and, and doesn't wear at the same.
5: And this is something that you can actually have retreaded, so you're not replacing the tire. So you
4: can put the air as
0: in the, the tire as the rubber
5: wears out. You simply add more tread on it. Yeah. The air
0: could go Print in the tire it. when you stop.
5: No, but you still got to have a hose hooked up to it
0: no i mean, you have it a, would, it it would would be internal
5: all right we're, we're getting yeah. uh, <laughs> we're trying we're, to, invent we're starting something.
0: to get silly let's move on let's get another I question think here
1: probably easier to go to mis- yeah. uh to uh to consumer report <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they've got a lot of information in their february um, edition of uh, consumer report they've got the top rated tires they've got they talk about inflation uh which uh tire to replace so there's a lot of information there we're going to go back to the phones uh we're going to talk to a regular caller and he is from west palm beach and uh, i'm sorry he's from boyton and that's road runner steve good morning
4: right. Beep beep.
1: good morning everybody me me
4: good morning
3: uh, so, well last week i started laughing about the tires con- the tire conversation athlete's they were tall. I couldn't get through in time. Oh, boy. On my 69 and 70 Barracuda, I had L60s in the back and E70s in the front. Because <laughs> that was the cool look. Is that right? How much right? Old, was a
4: difference in size?
3: What? The rear tires were L60s and the front were E70. E70s. E70s. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That, that must I look real cool. And, I had to put shock extensions to lift the back of the car up so the tires wouldn't rub on the... On the inside of the fender walk. This isn't <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> okay, now I got a question about my roadrunner. So well, we need to put our thinking caps on. All right. Okay. When I'm driving, I'm driving fine. When I come to a light, all of a sudden, the idle from 750 starts going down, 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 down to where the car wants to shut off. I got to put it in neutral, hit the gas, and stay in neutral. I have... A carburetor, Edelbrock carburetor, 600 CFM that I put, put in in the 90s. The fuel pump is the original fuel pump, and I have electronic ignition. I use ethanol gas and I put an octane booster in there, and sometimes I put the, that stuff to get the water out of the, the gas, or so sometimes the car sits with that. Any ideas?
5: I'd be checking the vacuum line's going to the the uh throttle plate. Call the yeah. Because if you've got a vacuum leak there, there should there should be a vacuum line there that keeps the throttle plate open just a little bit. And if right. you've got a vacuum leak there, that plate will start to close off more and more as you're sitting at idle and you're going to wind up lo- uh, losing that idle. I uh, uh, yeah there's you've got something going on with the carburetor on that one. What what year is that engine? And what what's the engine size? 383. A 383 and from what year?
3: Yeah.
5: 1969. A 69, okay. Um yeah, the first thing I'd be looking at is look for possible vacuum leaks. But if not, you should have there should be an adjustment on it for your idle speed, but the fact that it's it's coming down to idle normal, and then slowly dropping off like that, that doesn't really sound like a fuel pressure issue to me. That's definitely right. going to be in the carb. And I'd even be looking at your uh, metering system to see if maybe the jets are starting to get a little clogged up.
3: Well, like I said, I put the carburetor in in, ni- in the 1990s. Uh-huh. So I figure, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, wearing out completely.
5: Yep, I I myself, I would go and I would look for an Edelbrock, about a 600 cfm carb. That's um, what on that. that's, that's one of the best quality carbs I've ever seen. They beat yeah, out Hollies all day long, and they look nice because they're chrome plated. Yeah,
3: true. With that, but uh, I have that Edelbrock on. It's 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 manual choke, which it ain't connected because we don't need that down here. Right. The uh, and, uh, you know, I clean it out, you know, I spray, cleaned it down here. Then I, while the car was running, I would spray the carb cleaner around the carburetor to see if the idle would change, right? Yep. Nothing happened there. You know, it just stayed the same with that. So what do you think? It's just old age with the carburetor? Cause the vacuum lines, I got the PVC going in okay. I got the little one with the, the knob that's on it, that's covered. Yeah, I I guess I could just change that. Then we got the other one running to the carburetor to the diaphragm
5: that's off the distributor. Yeah, because that's that's the uh, 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 the timing adjust.
6: Okay. For when
5: you get to at idle, it'll the vacuum should come up a little higher at idle because you're closing off and not letting as much air in, so that should raise the vacuum of the engine, and that's going to cause that diaphragm to move on the distributor which is going to raise the uh, uh, timing a little bit.
3: Okay. So what do you think I should see? Go for the vacuum, look for the vacuum leak, and then just go for the new carburetor?
5: Yeah, because it, it that carburetor, if you put it on back in the 90s, that's you know a 30-year-old carburetor. Uh, it's, it's looking time maybe for a new one. And I yeah, say you, you get a good out. Edelbrock on there. I bet that will solve all your problems.
3: Yeah, it reminds me of my pants size back in the 90s when I took a nice 34. (laughs) Now I'm up to a 3840.
5: (laughs) Good on you, Steve. Good on you.
3: You're a hoot, Steve. (laughs) Okay. The other thing is my neighbor bought a pickup truck from dot com. okay? Now, he wanted to ship the car up north, but when they went out of business, he couldn't get no paperwork for the car. He says they're in court in Delaware now, trying to figure out all this stuff. Is there any updates with that?
0: Wow, I haven't heard about that. So it was uh, some corruption going on in addition to a bankruptcy.
3: Oh, really? Well, I don't the, know. Uh,
0: I'm, I, I haven't heard that.
3: Oh, but he's not getting no paperwork because they—he wants register the registered car. He goes, "Well, you, you know, you need, well, you know how motor vehicle is." Yeah. They turn around. Oh, you, you ain't got the right paperwork for all this stuff. So he says. They're in court in Delaware now to resolve all this problem with the people that bought cars.
11: Wow. Yeah,
3: and they, of course, when I bought, I got everything there, the registration and the plates and everything. So it was a one-day affair. So I got everything there.
0: Interesting. I,
3: don't want to go to with that, I was just wondering if there's any updates with the... Well, I haven't
0: heard a word. In fact, I, I I know the the former owner and he was still a 30% owner. I've had him on the show. He was, he's called in a couple times. And when this uh, uh, bankruptcy went, uh, they suddenly went out of business. I mean, it was like overnight. I and I, uh, I tried to call him, and uh, he didn't answer his phone, which is, I guess, kind of understandable. So he's, uh, I'll, I'll call him again, see what I can find out. Maybe I can get through to him. Yeah,
3: because I don't even see articles in the paper about, about it or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty quiet.
0: His name is, yeah, I guess, yeah. his name is Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R. And I've got them in my contacts. So I'll I'll give them a call after the show.
3: All right. That's if the phone
1: number is disconnected.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well then I'll I'll let you know if it is. <laughs>
1: Here today, gone tomorrow. Thank you, Steve. Everybody have a good weekend. Thank you. You Thank too. Um, Bye. To Yvonne, who was holding. Uh, she was a first-time caller. Uh, yvonne uh see if you can uh get through I'm, s- I'm sorry that you uh hung up okay uh we have got 9:28 uh, on the clock so i think that we are going to go to big dog ranch uh, not literally but uh, <laughs> come on let's go down to the car <laughs> we have a video and that video um is uh uh, this big beautiful dog, Laylo.
4: Laylo. Laylo. She's he, two years old. Here she comes.
1: And uh, she is, uh, she's just a beautiful dog. I'll let you take a look at the video and you can see yourself what she looks like. Let it roll, Jonathan. <laughs> hey,
13: everybody. we uh, have here is Laylo. He is a two year old Tibetan mastiff. 110 pounds he is a big pushy baby uh, he's very lazy mellow um, he he's strong but very easy on a leash you can a he, simple walks he prefers short walks um and
4: you then could ride them
13: basically vegging out on the couch probably um he's a little sloppy um on this front end um come here turn around buddy come here turn around Say hi to the camera! Hi! <laughs> so I'm always washing his face and everything. He did have um, a facelift. Um, unfortunately his uh, skin was too... What? There was too much skin that covered his eyes. So we actually had to take oh some of that away. <laughs> And gave him a little face. Oh, that's a first-class
0: <laughs> outfit. Wow. And here's his star surgery, yeah.
13: From the surgery where they took some skin away. But now his eyes, he can start seeing again. <laughs> he has some eye drops and medicine for it, but he's doing a lot better and can see now. Before he couldn't see unless he walked with his face head down, because the skin will lay over his eyes. But now he's doing good. He's a big mush, he runs so funny. It's kind of like a bloop, bloop. Lalo, you
2: want to take it? I would picture he would so Lalo yell. is a big,
13: mushy love. He seems to be really well with oh, other he's dogs. Beautiful. She's uh, beautiful. He doesn't react when they go past his room. Um, but he is available. If you'd like to get some more information about Lalo here, you go to bdrr.org slash adopt and make a visit and come on in and see him. He's a big, mushy love.
4: Oh, okay. For, so whenever you adopt a dog, it, it is an adoption, but there's always a, there's costs in, incurred. The um, at, uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue or some of the, you know, the other local ones. Hey, we, um, we take... Uh... All right, I could take it live now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know that uh, Lalo is ready for adoption. And uh, her owners had to give him his. him up yes. <laughs> I want to keep referring to her uh, they had to give her up because uh, give him up because they just couldn't take care of him any longer uh, so go to big dog ranch and uh, you can you can uh, take a look at, at uh, Lalo and all the other dogs at big dog ranch rescue yeah. and that is uh, www.bdrr.org that's right. W W B D R R dot org. Correct. Stu?
4: I was saying, and uh, we're going to pay the adoption fees yes. for anybody who uh, adopts Lalo through us. Just say you heard heard about her on the show, you watched it or listened, and you want to give her a give her a test drive. <laughs> She's uh, yeah. a him. I would think, Nancy misgendered her first, and then I just picked up on it. Uh, <laughs> A big dog like that is wonderful. Yeah, I have a big yeah, dog. They're yeah. like furniture. <laughs> you cuddle them. Come on, give Leilu a chance. Yep.
1: Okay, uh, um, and your dog is so cute that you. Uh, my just... dog is
4: not 110 pounds though. My no. dog is 75 pounds, really? which is still pretty big. Yeah, I
1: thought he. I thought he might be bigger than. No, you. no,
4: 75 pounds is pretty big, but 110 that's. Uh, <laughs> like that's we said, a lot of dog. That's like a human.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay, uh, we are going to go to the uh, mystery shop. And uh, you have the mystery shop over there? Right?
0: That's right. Yeah, right uh, right here somewhere.
1: We uh, mystery shopped uh, Mazda. And uh, Agent Lightning did a great job again. And we mystery shopped uh, Mazda of Palm Beach. So uh, this is going to be interesting. And oh. don't forget, you too can... You know, uh, go to 772-497-6530, and you can rate the mystery shopping report. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Now, we shopped Mazda Palm Beach a long time ago when Greco owned it. I believe Greco sold yeah. Mazda Palm Beach. I didn't have a chance to research that, but they're, uh, they're actually in uh, North Palm Beach or in that area on yeah. uh, just off North Lake Boulevard.
4: North Lake Boulevard and, and A1A.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, hopefully it's changed hands, but we'll uh, we'll, ch- we'll check the ownership there. Greco is not—he's kind of like a Napleton kind of dealer, and uh, we uh, we haven't had too many good shopping reports on Greco dealerships. But uh, we'll find out who owns Mazda Palm Beach. I arrived. Uh, I'm speaking in the first person, like I were the agent Lightning, who was our crack undercover agent, does an amazing job getting in and infiltrating. And in this case here, she actually bought our car there when she was a civilian before she was drafted.
4: It's, it's owned by Don Leah. Don Leah. Leah. We did this on a shop a long time ago. It was from New York. Uh, and uh, I found another Better Business Bureau profile. They have a 1.31 out of 5 um, stars on customer reviews.
0: 1.3. <laughs>
4: yeah. On, uh, well, it's on Better Business Bureau, and usually people who go there are highly motivated. Yeah. They're, they don't go there to leave good reviews. You okay. Know, mm-hmm. except, okay. For, except for, for us. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: Okay, I'm uh, Agent Lightning, and I arrived mid-afternoon, wandered around the lot for a bit before heading inside. Once inside, I noticed that the salesman... All the salesmen were standing at attention, <laughs> with their hands behind their backs, in the sales office, and appeared to be in a meeting. I have a mental image of that. I mean, I'm assuming she really saw this. It's yeah. kind of bizarre. It, it kind of like a uh, military formation. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But that's if Agent Lightning said that's what happened. That's what happened. Okay. One of the salesmen saw me, got a big smile on his face, turned around, and came to greet me. He asked me what brought me in today, and I said I was wondering if they had any Mazda CX-5s in stock. He replied, we've got a bunch of them, so come with me. Let's go take a look. On the way out the door, he thanked me for getting him out of the meeting. (laughs) I can understand why. (laughs) I laughed, said, it looks like everyone's getting scolded. They aren't going to change charge me extra for that, are they? He <laughs> says, I'm pulling you out know, of the meeting. He laughed, said, no, we'll still get you a good deal. We headed out to the lot to see the inventory, which they indeed did have a ton of cars. Now that's, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, it's been a while since we've heard anybody have a ton of cars. So here's a monster dealer that's got lots and lots of cars. He asked me which trim level and color I want. I told him, I really like the dark blue or black, and a higher trim level is preferred. He started out. Uh, he, he started pointing them all out to me. I asked, which one's the higher trim level? He said, I've only been here for a week, and I'm still learning. We will have to look at the window stickers. You'll learn to do a lot of that if you're shopping for cars. Is a high turnover with salespeople. And all the times you get a rookie who's only been around for a short time. This is one of them. Uh, he took his time and walked around all the different cars, and then I finally picked one out and said, I like this one. It was a new t- 2024 Mazda CX 5 2.5S, preferred, in jet black mica. I turned to him and said, I didn't catch your name. He replied, Daryl. I extended his hand for a handshake. He left me standing outside by the cars, headed inside for the keys. <coughs> I stayed uh, standing at the car. When he returned and unlocked the car, he said I was trying to get a picture of the window sticker with all the features. So he peeled it off
4: to uh, make it easier he for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he peeled it off. How you, I mean, those things are run pretty tough. Yeah, no,
4: they actually they come out kind of nice. Once you get your little finger there, they... They're, yeah. they're better. I remember they, used to leave, they don't leave mess anymore.
0: It's been a long time since I tried to pull them up. I guess I, I only pulled them off when I was evil.
4: Right. Yeah. Um, Daryl's innocent, innocent yeah. action here, but unknowingly breaking a federal law.
0: Anyway, the MSRP was $32,275. He told me that he spoke with his finance manager when he went in for the keys and was told that they have some really good REITs going on right now, uh, which is surprising, and uh, some great incentives. So they should really be able to get me a good deal. Gerald mentioned that the rates are between 2% and 3% uh, for new vehicles through Mazda. Of course, needless to say, with interest rates higher than they've been in many years, a 2 or 3% rate is a great rate. Mm-hmm. And if he's accurate about Mazda having 2 and 3% um, in-house financing, it's, that is a good deal. He pulled the CX-5 out of the parking spot so I could take a look at it asked if if I was familiar with the car, to which I replied, yes, my son has one. He went over the features with me and then we went on a brief test drive. As he was pulling out of the spot, I joked with him not to wreck my car. He laughed, asked me how soon I plan on buying it. and I told him, hopefully uh, this weekend, we'll be making a final decision and pulling the trigger. He then asked me if I'd like to see some numbers on it, which I replied, yes. We headed inside to his desk where he asked me for my name and address. And when he saw that, I had uh, I'd been there before. She was in the computer, I was in the computer as a mystery shopper. And uh, that's, I, I love it that she lives around here when we shop locally, because she has shopped around a lot. And she knows the dealers, in this case here, she actually bought a monster from Monster Palm Beach. Um, she, uh, he told me that because I would purchased a vehicle before, um, that uh, there might be a, a rebate for me, a discount because of customer loyalty. He then asked me uh, what other vehicles I have in my household uh, and if I was going to be paying cash or financing. I told my likely finance unless the rates were too high, which, of course, they are, you know, Of course, unless you get the captive rate, which he said there were 2 or 3%, which is great. Then I considered us paying cash. After he uh, collected all my information, he, he then went to go to speak with his sales manager. He wasn't on long return, uh, asked me what I do for a living. I looked at him and said, what's that got to do with getting the numbers for a vehicle? Ah, he said he was, he was wanting to know because if I'm any type of a first responder, like a fireman, I guess, college graduate, um, uh, then you got first responder down twice, maybe an army, a veteran, something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I said, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and I feel everyone should be able to get a better discount. He left again briefly and then returned with his worksheet. The top line on the worksheet, here we go, was MSRP 32,275. We knew that. There was a $250 discount shown. That's not a whopper. Uh, he added, uh, and I've got a question of Stu on this. He had a nine hundred sixty-six dollars and forty-nine cents in taxable fees, and a nine hundred ninety-nine dollar dock fee. Well, they're, mm-hmm. that's a
4: taxable fee too. So. Both of them are. They just but they actually labeled it taxable fees well, on, on they, the buyer's order. Okay, yeah. they just
0: labeled it. Okay. They, yeah.
4: Now, they, they didn't say make, what they were. They just said they're taxable.
0: See, if you do the or, or, or reverse arithmetic out on that, it doesn't work out because if I divide six percent into nine hundred sixty-six dollars, well, you get a huge number. I mean. Sales tax.
4: I mean, the sales tax is wrong?
0: Oh, uh, no, if, 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 if $966 is a taxable fee, okay, he's just calling it, Yeah. okay, even though, okay. Who
4: knows what it is?
0: <laughs> so we know that $999 is a
4: taxable fee. Yeah, because they And call there's it.
0: also something that we don't know about that he's calling a taxable
4: fee. Exactly.
0: Okay. Anyway, the real price uh, is, was $33,990, and uh, that's a $1,715 49 over MSRP now, you know, there are a lot of cars on a lot and you know, he just said there's a lot of discounts and a lot of, uh, you know, special interest rates. So now they're asking for $1,750, $1,715 over MSRP. Um, so something is not right about this picture. We'll continue while he was gone. I pulled up their website on my phone, came across a coupon for a thousand dollars off. Oops of any vehicle in stock. And I showed that to him when he came back. Darrell then said uh, that if I'm ready to do business right now, he can likely uh, get that for me as well, and then suggest I give him a number where I feel I should have to pay <laughs> for the CX-5. So it's in the, the old game. It's, it's, in it's, in the it's, it's, it's the old game. And uh, you can see he's a rookie because uh, he's running back and forth. Uh, only been there 10 days, and he's uh, being... Board. He's a puppet by the manager behind the closed door, probably the one conducting the meeting. I looked at him and said, ideally, I'd like to be closer to what the window sticker is out the door. He looked at me and said, that's likely not going to happen. Uh, those days are over. Okay. Daryl pointed out that they typically mark their vehicles up $3,500 over sticker price. But since I'm a loyal customer, They're giving it to me at MSRP and even discounting it a little bit. Not really. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Daryl might think they're doing that. Yeah. So that's the game they're all playing: is uh, they discount the MSRP, then they add back junk fees, which means they don't discount the MRP MSRP. They charge you over that. So you've you've heard that. Your regular listeners have heard this story before. I told them, thank you for your time. I'll be in touch. Need to try to reach my husband, see what he thinks, and get back to you. He suggested that I call him, call the, help my husband now, see what we can do, they always say that, because his manager's eager to sell cars and He's make me a deal. Eager. Old school,
4: old school, old school. He really pr- wants to sell a car today. Oh, Let's make him happy. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I printed, uh, I printed to make a phone call, I told him I was not able to get my husband, and I get back to him, he asked me to wait so his sales manager could come and talk to me. I waited for a few minutes, and when he didn't return, I went to the restroom and then looked around for him, but I still didn't see him anywhere, so I left out through the side door. I got into my seat, put on my seatbelt, and as I'm pulling out, Daryl came running towards my car. This is this is like the movie, you know, it's just, you've seen this over and over again. That's because the drill so, sergeant. Like, wait, a, wait a minute, don't go in. I put my window down and let him know that I was trying to reach my husband and I'll be in touch with him and thanked him for my time. So there we have you know it.
4: the boss said, get out there and stop her. <laughs> right. Go, Don't run. let her leave. Run. Go get her. She leaves, you're fired.
0: Yeah. So there we have it, old school. And uh,
1: So, uh, Earl, yeah. how much over the MSRP did they sell? Did they want to sell that vehicle for? 1000 Being as we're questioning the taxable fees uh,
0: about 37 $400 $4,000. Se-
4: no, uh, $1,700, over $1,700 over, Yeah, $1,715.49 yeah. You know,
1: yeah. over.
4: Yeah, wow.
0: So remember we're great on the curve. I always uh, remind our newer listeners for that. Uh, there's no such thing as a perfect car dealer. God knows that's true. And, uh, and if you fail everybody, then we don't have a referral service, you have to buy a car from a dealer, unfortunately, uh, unless you buy an electric vehicle. And so uh, we have to grade on the curve. So it, they might be kind of shabby, but uh, don't give them an F unless they're just absolutely the worst of the worst. What do we give Fs to maybe 5% and A's yeah, to we, maybe
4: we 2%? Get, we gave we an F, F last week. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Unanimous. Yeah. Uh, that was Navelton.
1: Pretty bad.
0: So vote uh, by text uh, and uh, by YouTube and let us know how you rank them, and then we'll put the, anybody without an F goes on our recommended list, but we'll put the grade on the recommended list. So you, you can select our A, B, and C dealers from our recommended dealer list. And on the do not recommend list, forget about it, don't ever buy a car if there are the do not buy from this dealer list.
1: And you right. can uh, you can vote at 772-497-6530. Right.
4: Well, we got Bob uh, gives a B from Mazda of Palm Beach. B from Bob, uh, Jonathan, and Palm Coast. Now, uh, the reputation of Greco dealerships precede the Mystery Shopping Report, but we do have a correction. This is not a Greco dealership, but, you know, cultures are hard to change. <laughs> um, therefore, breaking federal law is no surprise. With that in mind, along with the numeral, numerous taxable fees and fraudulent $1,000 coupons, I'll give Greco the grade I feel they deserve a D minus. Um, I was trying to think clearly about the whole process um the um nothing really was i mean the the Daryl was nice um there there wasn't an addendum issue they had a lot of fees um but that's par for the course um it's unusual that they're so so far above msrp on a um you know pretty easy to get vehicle but um, I'm going to give them a C because it sounds just like your typical experience. It even sounds like a pre-pandemic experience. Um, so see yeah. from me.
0: I think I think that what we see here is almost original old school. Here is a dealer with too many cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, uh, the car inventories are rising. Apparently the Mazda uh, inventories are rising very fast, at least in this particular dealership. So when you have too many cars, uh you you can get a good deal if you if you go by our recommendations, shop and compare and uh, really do some serious. But if you go in even in when a dealer has too many cars, like in the old days I say the old days, that was like four years ago. So four years ago if a dealer had too many cars you could get a hell of a deal but you got to go buy what we treat you teach you on this show shop and compare
4: competition is your friend get it three yeah. or four prices there's no reason that you're yeah. going to buy a mazda cx-5 yeah. for yeah. almost two thousand over msrp i
0: think i think we need to ask agent lightning to uh press it a little bit right. now and and have and her, just accept it and have her go through the whole uh, i it'd be interesting to take a dealer like this with too many cars and have someone go through the play the game
4: and and get the best price they could maybe we need to uh, hire marty for that
0: yeah yeah marty
4: <laughs> could do that yeah marty i want you to spend 12 hours at the dealership from the time they open and don't leave until they close and yeah. you, you get a good deal <laughs> Wear 'em them down wear 'em down.
5: <clears> okay <throat> oh all
4: right so uh rick what's going on over there
5: well we've got joseph kelleher with a d would have been a little higher if they'd sold the car at msrp and over on this side, we have Mark Anderson, grade C minus. Kind of feel sorry for Daryl. Not sure if I should, but I did. <laughs> I did. I did too. Tim Gilliland, not the worst, but I still wouldn't let my mom go there by herself. C minus. Good point. Tom Steckle, C minus. No addendums, but fake taxable fees. Not as egregious as Sport Mazda in Orlando. Yeah, maybe that's one we ought to put on the list. Sport <laughs> yeah. Mazda? Sport Mazda Mazda. in Orlando. Scott H. Senior says C. Brian said Latko, I'll give Mazda a C. Kyle in Pennsylvania, F. With a ton of inventory, you should be able to get one five grand under MSRP. Wow, Kyle's one hard ball there. All right, go for it. Johnny Z. Fradley says D. Rocky Blockatiel, C. Average old school tactics. T Cash, D for those days are over, <laughs> Earl. Please keep fighting for the Cars Act. Yes. Honestly. Uh, let's see here, Cliff's fix. D too high over MSRP and fees, and Cram 1624. What happened to the thousand dollar coupon? You think he would take off another thousand? <laughs> D. And by the way, we uh, did have one little note here. Um. T Cash says she should have brought in 34 of those $1,000 off coupons. <laughs> it actually worked in Massachusetts. <laughs> Apparently one time back in the past, a guy got a free Cadillac because the advertisement did not say limit one, limit per one coupon per deal.
4: That's when they first came up with the limit cu- one coupon per deal idea. <laughs> I think so. Anytime
5: you see a sign, that means something happened. <laughs> Okay. Uh, for myself, I'm I'm going with C. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty much an average place. Yeah. They're they're gonna play that same old game. Oh yeah. But I think if you fight it properly, you could probably get a reasonable deal. Not a good deal or a great deal, but a reasonable yeah. deal.
0: I'm sure you can. I mean if you go by if you go by what you learn on this show or our blog or on cars, if, if you just use the rule, using competition against them, there's nothing that works better than shopping a deal with several Mazda dealers. And In South Florida, we probably got a dozen Mazda dealers, and you could certainly get a very, very good price if all those Mazda dealers have a lot of cars in stock, which I believe they do. Nancy?
1: Okay. Um, i got to say, uh, what's up with the $1,000 coupon? Uh, why couldn't they honor it? Another thing, Daryl was very honest and said they had a, an overflow of inventory. What happened in negotiating? And what's up with all these fees? I have to go without saying I give them an F. Hmm.
0: The Black Widow strikes again. All
4: right. Well, you know, things are starting to heat up in the market. We need a Black Widow. Hmm. Yep. I got I, I to go Too
1: many with people are complacent and yeah. they say this this dealer's doing the same thing and you've got to, you know, roll with the punches. Uh-uh.
0: I got to go with a C. Good for you. I, can I have my blog? Uh, there? <laughs> can I have... Can you hand me in my bag? And Earl, this yeah. is
4: Earl on Cars, so that's the official grade. So they go on the list with yeah. a C. I they're think they're right beyond there is a, with I mean, a C. You
0: know, By the way, Mazda had their best year last year. They've had yeah. a long time. Mazda was, has been struggling. Um, I have a blog which we can't lay, find right now, but uh, I, I urge you to look at this week's uh, blog at earloncars.com. And it's an open letter to honest car dealers. And uh, I basically am trying to. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically trying to uh, get the honest car dealers, uh, and there are a few, uh, to uh, write uh, the Federal Trade Commission, call the Federal Trade Commission. We need to back uh, the car, the uh, the regulation that is on hold now because the court in Texas and the National Automobile Dealers Association holding it up. July 30th was supposed to be the implementation date for the Combat Auto Retail Scam. Combat Auto Retail Scam, cars, that's the name of the Federal Trade Commission regulation that would really save the day for for consumers. Basically, bottom line, when they advertised or quoted a price, it would have to be the -the out-the-door price, meaning the actual price you could buy it for plus tax and tag only, sales tax and license plate, no junk fees. Junk fees would really be stopped if this regulation goes into effect. So, uh, Jonathan, uh, you want to try to put that QR code up on the uh, back? I don't know if this is going to work or not. Consumer Reports, August, college, August, March issue, uh, has an article in there uh And uh, advertisement is inside the front cover, and they show a QR code, and the article they have is about junk fees. They are soliciting us, the consumers, uh, to uh, fill out this form, and if you can scan the QR code that Jonathan will display on the screen, fine. If not, it's in the March Consumer Reports. Scan that. Sign up and tell them that you support the Federal Trade Commission's Rules against combating junk fees, and if they can get enough signatures, all you have to do is fill out a little form. You don't actually have to sign anything, but your name down. And uh, uh, if you can, if you can go to the Consumer Report, support the petition. That'll go to the Federal Trade Commission. You know, it's what you can do to help us and all car buyers support the Federal Trade Commission for, to combat auto retail scams, C-A-R-S. And uh, my my blog to the Honest Car Dealers is simply to say, write letters of support because the tactic being used by the NADA and the Texas Automobile Dealers Association is that car dealers don't want this. Well, Honest Car Dealers do want this. And you let them know. So read my blog at Earl and Cars, open letter to Honest Car Dealers, and uh, try to give us some support.
5: All right. Hey, Earl, we got time for one last quick question here? I guess. Uh, sure. Kim appreciates life as she says, I was trying to call, but the line was busy. I'll try next week. But She says, if you only had a Tesla and no internal combustion engine car, would you feel safe to try to get out of Florida during a hurricane?
0: Uh, I would because it's a Tesla, because there's a ton of charging uh, all over uh, the United States. And Florida's got a ton yeah. of chargers.
4: But but to answer the question, when a hurricane comes, Earl doesn't go anywhere. True. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I've got a 300-mile range, so I can, I can almost hey, get out of Florida
4: can, on one you charge. To, you can get to Jacksonville easily.
5: Yeah. Um. And a, a quick note yeah. here from Donovan. He says, interesting news. Porsche let people try out their new refurbished Taycan this week. The car, which electric Porsche, the car is able to do almost 400 miles of highway speed range. Wow. But more interestingly, it can charge from 5% to 80% in just 14 minutes. Right. It adds 200 miles of range in just 8 minutes. This is huh. the first next-gen EV with next-gen batteries and charging. And it only costs $400,000, right? I don't know the price on that one, but, I mean, let, let's face it. How expensive were hybrids when Prius first oh, hit yeah. the market? I
0: agree.
5: Like, the hybrid battery was $10,000. Now it's 2000 I mean, it's, so as the technology improves, those prices will come down. So electric cars may just wind up working out
1: absolutely
5: of course they will
1: ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us uh we definitely enjoy your company and all the information that you have to share with us stay tuned next week at the same time at 8 a.m right here on saturday morning have a great weekend everyone